This is Kristen Nicole Young, and you're listening to the Headbands and Hard Truth Podcast. For joining today. Um, today we're going to be talking about something that I was not familiar with the term, but I was really, uh, I mean, I guess I got caught up in some of the parts of um, this movement and I didn't even realize it until I started learning more about it until um, until I just started uh, reading scripture and realizing that this doesn't really fit into scripture. Um, and so I, I've been learning a lot about this lately and uh, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this today. Um, it's the New Apostolic Reformation and also known as NAR. So you'll see it either, you know, both ways. Um, and it is, what we want to do is take this new movement, or I say new, but take this movement that's going on and compare it to scripture and see what are these teachings that are in the NAR and how do they line up with scripture? Are they biblical? Are they sound? Um, and we're going to filter it through scripture and talk about the history of it and where how we got to where we are now. Um, and just with anything is filtering it through the lens of scripture and testing the spirits like it talks about in first John 4 um, and knowing knowing what scripture says and knowing how uh, things line up against it and if they are actually are biblical so today we're going to be talking about the NAR and I'm really excited about it I think it's going to um, bring a lot of good information to um consider and to think through and to chew on and pray pray through. So um, my dad is with me here today. His name is Sean Bernard, um, and he's been my dad for my whole life. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so he's going to share a little bit about himself, and then we'll get into the heart of what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, so I have been your dad your whole <laughs> life, which is a great thing. It's been almost a privilege. 30 years. Almost 30 years, uh, which is crazy. But yeah, so I, I've been uh, a pastor in a ministry for um, about 33 years now. So been a long time uh, doing this and um, been so thankful, privileged to be called by God to do this. It's, there have been a lot of ups and downs. There's been uh, the good things of ministry. There's been the discipline of God in ministry and in all of that's been a lot of learning. Um, so been in ministry for for. Um, yeah, those number of years, and married to um, my wife Jennifer. Uh, we've been married for almost uh, thirty-two years. Uh, be this June, and she's always been the mom of Kristen. Uh, so that's an important thing too, I guess. Right? Mm-hmm. We do have three kids. Kristen's one of them. Um, Cam- the oldest and the most important. The oldest and <laughs> yeah, right. The most important right now since you're here. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have three kids. Kristen being one of them, and then uh, our son Kevin, our son Cameron. And then we have four incredible uh, grandkids, which we're loving them to death. So, mm-hmm. yeah, serving right now as a, as a co-pastor at a church um, in, here in Arkansas and um, believing also, too, that God is leading uh, us to plant a new work, a new church mm-hmm. uh, in the coming um, months. Mm-hmm. And so we're excited about where God's going to take us in that. Mm-hmm. So. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here. I think that you're really going to enjoy this episode today. Um, it's I've learned so much just from my dad and then also from learning and listening to podcasts and reading up on this whole um, movement. So 
Um, we're just going to start off with the basics of what is the NAR? What is the New Apostolic uh, Reformation? And um, if you would have asked me what this was, even like a couple of months ago, I would have no idea. Um, and I had been kind of seeing it floating around, um, but I just now recently started deep diving into it. Um, so I am going to read a definition of it um, from, this is straight from gotquestions.org. Um, and so I'm going to read part of it just to give a little bit of context. However, it's um, very broad. It's hard to, uh, it's not centralized. It's, it's kind of decentralized. And so there's lots of different facets to it. And, and not everyone falls under this umbrella. And this, you know, this umbrella doesn't cover, um, it's, it's a generalization. Um, but this is the uh, from gotquestions.org. It's um, the religious movement that emphasizes experience over scripture, mysticism over doctrine, and modern day quote unquote apostles over the plain text of the Bible. Of particular distinction in the New Apostolic Reformation are the role and power of spiritual leaders and miracle workers, the reception of new revelations from God an overemphasis on spiritual warfare and a pursuit of cultural and political control in society. Um, the seeking of signs and wonders is a really big thing in the NAR as well. So, um, Dad, do you want to kind of boil that down to <laughs> layman's terms yeah, well, and what the NAR is? And Yeah, it's I, 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 in one sense, I think it's like nailing jello to the wall. I mean, it's just kind of like trying to, because really this is kind of an umbrella um, of, of different definitions and, and approach. Um, but there are certain elements of the New Apostolic Reformation, and that's kind of what's become called and labeled as. And you could ask people, where did they get this title? And you could probably trace that back to probably a few different people, one of them specifically being who's really been called the father of the New Apostolic Reformation is C. Peter Wagner. He was a professor of church growth at Fuller Theological Seminary. Um, and... Um, since has since passed, but he has kind of been the, the given the the title of the father of the New Apostolic Reformation, um, and so a lot of people that he's kind of worked with, kind of been mentored by, like John Wimber of Vineyard Fellowship, Vineyard, the Vineyard Church or Vineyard Movement, um, and, and there are several others as well. John Arnott, um, you hear about the Toronto Blessing, uh, things of this nature. All of these have had have been influenced by Cedar Peter Wagner. And, and it is, it's a very, um, there's some common denominators, language, you'll hear words like um, uh, everything from like activating your faith or activating the Holy Spirit or a fresh anointing or breakthrough or de you know, decreeing and declaring something. Um, there's just a lot of common language that you'll see in this circle of the New Apostolic Reformation. But probably I would say the thing that, that we that we hear the most is that there's this second wave of of apostles and prophets now in the church. Um, that when Jesus appointed the apostles, um, that the church did not have any governance after the apostles of the scripture. And so what C. Peter Wagner would say was there was this vacancy, if you will, or no governing. But now there is this rebirthing mm -hmm. of of apostolic and prophetic authority. And so you hear people like Bill Johnson, who some of you may recognize. He's the pastor of Bethel Church in Redding, California. Um, and, and there are many others, Ryan Lestrange. I mean, we could go down the list of, of different people who would 
uh, call themselves apostles or other people would call them apostles. Kenneth Copeland being another one that some people may be familiar with. Um, but they would claim apostolic authority. And C. Peter Wagner spoke at a conference in 2004 in San Jose, California, uh, at Gateway Church. And he made the statement that this, this new wave of apostles and prophets really began in 2001. Um, how they came up with that date, I, don't, I have no idea. Uh, but, but somehow C. Peter Wagner said that. It has caught on. And so now what New Apostolic Reformation, really kind of the foundation of their belief, I would say, is that the apostles and prophets are the ones who over churches now mm-hmm. and, and that pastors or elders would be under their authority, so to speak. And whatever they say is truth. Um, and so I think it's dangerous because I believe Scripture makes it very clear that the office of apostles and prophets um, are, are no longer simply because of what Scripture teaches, but also because God has given us His Word fully revealed. Mm-hmm. Um, there are no new revelations. That's another word you'll hear oftentimes is, oh, I've got a new revelation, or God has revealed this to me as though it's something new. Um, those are always dangerous. Those are dangerous things. So there's a lot of different elements. There's there's a lot of feelings and emotions, uh, experiential things that are wrapped up in in New Apostolic Reformation doctrine and theology. Um, that if you f- don't feel it, if you don't experience something, then it's not a move of the Spirit. And they really are focusing on the Holy Spirit, which. We're thankful for the Holy Spirit. He's a member of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But there's almost been the sense of worshiping Mm -hmm. the Spirit and worshiping the sense of what what the Spirit of God, they believe, is doing because of the emotions it's stirring, all of the feelings, uh, miraculous signs and wonders. Mm -hmm. And it it tends to be more experiential and um, following that than it is really seeking Jesus and, 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 and seeking him in his revealed word that he's given to us. Mm, that's um, really good. Yeah, and and I think it's important. Let me just make this last statement because it, you mentioned First John chapter four, and and in that John writes this, and I think it's so good because this isn't so the new apostolic reformation. There's there's nothing new about it. It's mm-hmm. not apostolic, and it's not a reformation. So yeah. mm-hmm. so none of that is true about the title, uh, but they believe it's true. John writes in 1 John chapter 4, he says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world today. Little children, you are from God and, and you've overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They're from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We're from God. Whoever knows God listens to us, and whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And I think that's so important because Satan is a master, even Paul said this, Mm -hmm. of disguising himself as an angel of light. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we know that his servants, the servants of Satan, are going to disguise themselves as well. And Satan's a master Mm -hmm. at shading the truth with subtle lies. Mm -hmm. Because there may be a lot of truth Mm-hmm. And what we may hear from people like Bill Johnson or whatever, there may be some some truth in what they're saying, um, but there's also some subtleties mm-hmm. that twist scripture and 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 really it's destructive. It's yeah. it's kind of like if you know if you you love to eat ice cream, right? And Chris, yeah, I mean this yes. is on our daddy daughter <laughs> dates we would go get ice cream because Kristen mm-hmm. loves ice cream. Oh, yes. And so if we had some ice cream and I said to you, hey, ninety percent of this is ice cream, but ten percent of this in here is poison. Mm-hmm. You 
you wouldn't eat that ice cream, right? right? You'd be tempted because you love ice cream, but right. but you wouldn't eat it because you don't know what portion would be the poison and what portion is actually ice cream, mm-hmm. right? You would throw it out. Yeah. Uh, I always tease about mom uh, with us when we have like sliced cheese or a block of cheese in our <laughs> in the drawer in our free, in our refrigerator uh-huh. that if it's molded, I throw the whole thing out. Mom just cuts around the mold <laughs> and 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 eats the other part of the cheese. Um, I just can't do that. But Satan's a master at taking truth and inserting the poison of his lies. Mm-hmm. And we have to be really careful. And that's why it's important we test mm-hmm. the spirits. We, we test everything. Don't just take what people say, preachers, whomever, mm-hmm. podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But go back and, and, and measure it in Scripture. So, Which means the, that you should take everything from this podcast and you should go to your Bible and figure out is absolutely. what they're saying true. Yeah. Um, no, but that's such a good point. Is I was listening to a podcast that um, Doreen Virtue was on. And um, now I have listened to a few of her things, and from what I have heard, she has sounded, you know, theologically sound. So this is not necessarily an endorsement for her because I'm not super familiar. Um, but I was listening to a podcast about her, and she came out of the New Age. The Lord saved her out of the New Age. She was a, a medium. She was, uh, I mean, all up in it. And so um, she had, she said something that was really interesting that I've thought a, a lot about, and it's exactly what you just said, and it's that truth mixed with lies is the footprint of the enemy like that is his forte and i would say this this whole topic that we're talking about this new apostolic reformation because you talk about the holy spirit and you have this you know miracles and signs and wonders and activating god doing a new thing on the surface it's like yeah like Mm -hmm. that sounds great i mean i would even you know say that there are definitely aspects that i fell for like when it you know when talking about spiritual warfare when it's like buying the enemy and you know that's a that's another topic for Mm -hmm. another time but um, you know, praying super powerful, you know, prayers, but bringing in lingo that's not necessarily biblical. Mm-hmm. But um, there were definitely elements of this new apostolic reformation that I think I got sucked into um, at times. You know, um, just this this whole experiential mm-hmm. yeah. uh, faith because it's it does have a lot of biblical words attached to it well and there's and there's something tangible about that too like because we're emotional people right mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean we should give into emotionalism mm-hmm. um which you know we think of this we see something that disturbs our emotional i mean think about like worship music today mm-hmm. modern worship music and there's some great worship music out there that's theologically sound mm-hmm. um that points us back to what god has done mm-hmm. uh, on our behalf for his glory mm-hmm. um and and who he is you know, sometimes I, th- I feel like that in our worship music, we find it, I, I feel like personally, that it's, it's, it, it, it can very easily become me-centric, yes. right? It's about me, about mm-hmm. what, 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 can God, what is it going to do for me and how does it make me feel? And, mm-hmm. and it can be very me-centric and, you know, we don't have time to go in, the, in this podcast mm-hmm. to go through some of those worship songs mm-hmm. per se, but, but, but when it stirs our emotions and, and I do believe our emotions should be stirred by the truth of God's word. When we read God's word, I mean, it, it should cause us to uh, and lead us to repent of sin. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times that we lament when we're hurting, right? We see that. I mean, there's a book of lamentations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we should rejoice. We should. I mean, so so God has has created us with emotions, mm-hmm. but we can't we can't buy into the lie that if I'm not moved in my emotions, mm-hmm. in other words, if I'm not excited about all this, then the Holy Spirit must not be in this. Mm-hmm. 
Um, because there are times that God's convicted me of sin many times mm-hmm. that I've not been excited about it. You know, mm-hmm. the, the thing I felt is sorrow, mm-hmm. right? In the sense of godly sorrow that mm-hmm. scripture talks about uh, mm-hmm. by God's grace of him bringing to mind sin in my life and me saying, God, I am, I am so sorry. Mm-hmm. And, but, but I think the tendency is with specifically within this movement is that we have to feel something I know that oftentimes, you know, people refer to healings and signs and wonders. And, and I, I uh, am a continuationist, which means that I believe the gifts of the Spirit are still, mm-hmm. uh, that God is still using those. I, I'm not a cessationist, um, and some who are listening may be, and that's that's fine. But mm-hmm. I believe the gifts of the Spirit are still um, active and working and, and that God is using those. But I believe that oftentimes how we've seen them used in some churches, whether it be the gift of tongues or healings or things of that nature, I think it's becomes has become and can become very distorted mm-hmm. um, for the purpose of just people wanting to see something happen. Mm-hmm. And what that tells me is, is that what we're saying in essence is that the word of God is not sufficient. Mm-hmm. It's not enough for us. We've got to have these experiences. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and the problem is sometimes we live our experiences and emotions drive mm-hmm. how we view scripture. Mm-hmm. And that's a twisted form. We should let God's word mm-hmm. be the guardrails for our emotions and our feelings mm-hmm. and even our experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We saw how David used that in the Psalms. They were very raw, mm-hmm. but he never let his emotions and feelings, yeah. right? I say never. He oftentimes didn't let right. his emotional feelings dictate that. He let mm-hmm. the law, the word of God, mm-hmm. do that. So and it's always like I am dying and my <laughs> life is the worst, but I will look to you and but you are my help. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's even though and and still can you know continue. And and that's such a good point you brought up is like we have this I, this almost like this idolatry of the experience mm-hmm. rather than meeting with the person of Jesus, which like you pointed out, brings us to points that we don't really want to face sometimes. It yeah. makes us look at things in our hearts that we don't want to look at sometimes. And it's not always miracles. It's not always signs and wonders. The Holy Spirit convicts and the Holy Spirit, you know, points out things in our lives that mm-hmm. do not look like Christ. And um, that's a that's a huge thing that's a part of this movement as well is just the, you know, experience and just and, and, and making an idol out of that experience and leaving others on, you know, questioning their faith of, right. you know, well, I can't speak in tongues. Like for me personally, like that is not a gift of the Holy Spirit that I have been given. Like I right. have... I've never spoken in tongues, but I have friends who have, and they have the gift of, you know, the gift of the spirit used in proper context and and the way that it's biblical. Um, But, you know, I think in certain circles, it's easy to think that, well, I'm not as spiritual or I'm not as close to the Lord or I'm not being used by him because I can't speak in tongues or I can't, um, you know, heal somebody or I can't do this or this or this. And it becomes this um, almost like this elite or this exclusive club right. of um, if you can do these things of the spirit or if you fall out on the floor, you know, fill in the blank, then those are the super spiritual, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where you go back to God's word because God has revealed in his word um, all that we need to know and how to have a relationship with him and and how to really how to navigate this life. Um, and so when when we think about those, those types of things and I, like, I don't have the gift of tongues. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's not, you know, do mm-hmm. I want that? I mean, I, yeah, I would love to have that mm-hmm. gift. But even Paul talks about, are all apostles 
you know, are all are all prophets, are all evangelists, or do all have gifts of healing, gifts of healing, and mm-hmm. and and the point of his asking that question to the mm-hmm. church at Corinth was the implication was no, not all are apostles, not all have the gift of healing, and and yet when we see this, oftentimes within this movement, people, leaders, and those within this movement will say that if you're not speaking in tongues, the spirit language, mm-hmm. then yeah, you you're you're missing it. You're not mm-hmm. filled with the spirit. Mm-hmm. Which goes back to the baptism of the oh, spirit. Yeah, I've been baptized right, by the exactly. Holy and so and that could even be another podcast. Again, we're talking about yeah. something we could do for a, a month or more yes. on different aspects of this. The signs and wonders, healings, mm-hmm. tongues, mm-hmm. apostles, prophets. I mean there's so many different aspects of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think when we when we when we look at when we look at this specifically, regardless of what it is, if it's dealing with issues of healing, uh, I, like I I went to a conference not long ago and there were healings supposedly that were taking place or impartations. That's another word that's often used within the NAR that, that they can impart something to someone else. But I don't see that in scripture outside of the apostles, the true apostles, right? right? So um, so I don't see that in, in scripture. But I went to this conference and there were people who said that they were being healed and they fell out on the floor and they were shaking violently. And some of them were testifying, and I'm putting that in quotes, mm-hmm. that they felt like it was electricity going through the body, like this warmth that, that was going, you know, through their body and things of this nature. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem that I that I see with that is they're, they're, it's based on experiential stuff or sure. what they think is experiential. Mm-hmm. But when you go back to scripture, you don't see anybody talking about mm-hmm. being warmed or right. having electricity. And I think that that we, we have to be really careful with these things mm-hmm. because we start looking for these signs and wonders mm-hmm. Um, and we miss mm-hmm. focusing on who Jesus is mm-hmm. specifically and what his word has said to us. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's a, yes. And uh, another, when I was listening to Doreen Virtue, who she, you know, like I said, she came out of the new age, mm-hmm. is she said, you know, people have experiences. Like there are those experiences. And she said, but the scary thing is, is you don't know what you're experiencing. Right. It's because a lot of times, these can open the door to uh, experiencing, you know, not power of God, like to not experience the Holy Spirit, but other spirits to, uh, you know, uh, dark spirits. And it, but you still feel that, um, that, that experience, that warm feeling. Um, and that's just a really vulnerable place to be, to yeah. be looking for that experience and to open yourself up to these new, um, just to, to, to be in that position because, you know, you can experience the, the spirits that are not the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. but you do feel something. And so you attach, you know, oh, well, that must have been the Holy Spirit, but it could have very well been, you know, spirit of, you know, the, of the Antichrist. Well, or spirit of error spirit, is what John talks about. spirit of error. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I mean, she even mentioned that when she was younger and she was starting to dabble in New Age uh, practices that she would, there would be spirits that would visit her in her room and they looked like Christmas lights, mm-hmm. which really caught me off guard because I was thinking it would be like, you know, something like in a scary movie. But right. she said, and, and that's literally what scripture says is the enemy comes as an angel of light. And so she had those experiences, but they were not the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And that, again, I keep going back to the fact that we've got to measure everything against the, the truth of scripture and the, and the word of God, because our tendency is wanting to see signs and wonders. Even in the scriptures, Jesus made the comedy says, you're looking for signs and wonders. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it wasn't about the signs and wonders, even though Jesus did miracles, mm-hmm. 
Um, he's the son of God. He was fully God mm-hmm. uh, on this earth as well as fully human, which in the NAR movement, oftentimes they'll try to minimize Jesus's deity here mm-hmm. on the earth, almost let everything he did on this earth, miracles, whatever, was done um, just in him being a man, a person, mm-hmm. not in his divinity. Mm-hmm. To say that is to say that Jesus is less divine. Mm-hmm. And that is not the essence of Christ. He's fully God. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's God in the flesh. Mm-hmm. And when he walked this earth, he was fully God and fully human. Mm-hmm. And we can't grasp that. And we shouldn't grasp that necessarily because we're finite mm-hmm. in our understanding. God is infinite mm-hmm. in his wisdom and understanding. And so I, I think that we go back to scripture. What does scripture say? We test the things that we hear over and against God's word. And here's why I think it's important for us to know this. We live, I think it'd be fair to say, in a very biblically illiterate culture Mm -hmm. within the church. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason why I would say that is because um, I look at how many people don't bring bring their, the Bibles to church, even, yeah. even to worship on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you think, and I know some would say, well, I have it on my phone. I have it on my iPad. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. But the reality is um, we're, we're not seeing people know the word of God, know the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's being evidenced in the fact that people are falling for yeah. deceptive teachings yeah. or deceptive things mm-hmm. or, and, and, and I think it's imperative that we spend time knowing God's word. Mm-hmm. I think it was Tim Chalice that said this was talking about the bank of Canada, um, how they would train their, their bank tellers to be able to determine and discern what was counterfeit. Yeah. And they would teach their their bank tellers that the way in which you're able to determine what's counterfeit is not by studying the counterfeit money because the methods of counterfeiting changes all the time. Mm-hmm. And he would say to them, the way in which you do this, he, he would he watched them, that they studied the actual mm-hmm. currency. And so it's the same thing for us that if we want to be able to discern lies mm-hmm. and, and the spirit of error, then we don't look at all these different teachings necessarily right. we need to be aware of them right but more so we need to spend time studying the truth so that's that when good. we do see mm-hmm. or we, we we come across a spirit of error or teaching that's not true mm-hmm. that we know that hey this is not what god's word says mm-hmm. that's why it's so important for us to dig in god's word that's good. um yeah yeah that's really good. Now, can you walk us through like the foundation of, you know, just that the foundation is that there are these apostles and prophets that are in leadership. So can you walk us through um, why that's unbiblical and, yeah. and how that mess- that that matches up with Scripture? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, when you look at Scripture and, and, and it talks about the apostles and the prophets, I think probably the... The, the verse that, that comes to mind most is Ephesians, you know, chapter two and verse 20, where, where Paul writes that, that the church basically is, it's built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being a, the, the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, Paul writes, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. And so when you, when you think about this, the scriptures tell us that, that the foundation that has been laid uh, is, are the apostles and the prophets, speaking of the body of Christ, the church, the apostles and the prophets, and Jesus being the cornerstone. And if you know anything about foundations or buildings, the cornerstone is the most important. So it's not like the apostles plus the prophets plus Jesus. Jesus is the chief cornerstone, but but he also has appointed he appointed apostles uh, in the New Testament time when he was here. So so I just want to kind of briefly talk about about 
what we find in Scripture regarding the apostles specifically. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so first of all, Jesus Jesus appointed the apostles. Right. I mean, they, they were appointed. I mean, he we find it in the book of Acts that that before. Um, he was taken up before Jesus ascended into heaven. He had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. So it's very specific in Acts chapter 1, verse 24 and 25. Um, the apostles that were there, there are now 11 of them because Judas obviously hung himself. Mm-hmm. He uh, betrayed Jesus, sold him out. Um, Judas left um, and hung himself. And so now in Acts, prior to God pouring out his spirit mm-hmm. on the New Testament church in Acts chapter 2, the apostles come together, and Peter says to them, "Guys, you know that God has has had, knows our hearts, and 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 they they begin to pray. God, would you show us which one of of these two guys? And he's talking about um, um, Barsabbas and also Matthias. Okay, um, these two guys they were praying. God, would you show us of these two which one?" Have you chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place? Now, in that text in Acts chapter 1, there were a number of disciples that were there, but they were asking, God, of of these disciples, which of these two specifically are you choosing for the work of ministry and to be an apostle? Mm -hmm. And so they prayed, and Matthias became the 12th apostle. Mm -hmm. So, So we know that Jesus appointed them. He, and and he chose them. Um, we also know that not all disciples were apostles, but all the apostles were disciples. Disciple just means a learner, mm-hmm. right? Um, but an apostle is one who has been appointed by Christ, sent by Christ. Um, so we're not referring to missionaries. Missionaries are sent, okay. often under the guise of the blessing of the church itself, the local mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. Um, but apostles were, were, were spoke on behalf of Christ, were appointed by him, and really had the authority that he gave them specifically to do all the things that we see in Scripture that they would do. Um, so so Christ appointed the apostles. But also in Scripture, there's the criteria of what an apostle, who an apostle would be. Mm-hmm. So today we have these self-professed apostles, mm-hmm. but they don't meet the criteria that Scripture speaks of mm-hmm. um, regarding being an apostle. And, and we find that in Scripture, that the 12 apostles, again, were chosen directly by Christ, not by man. Mm-hmm. They, they followed Christ from his baptism until his ascension, so what Scripture teaches, mm-hmm. and they were eyewitnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, these guys today, I mean, let's just kind of right. look at this from a scriptural perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't chosen directly by Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that there's some who'd say, well, you know what? God appeared to me when I was in the bathroom and appointed me to be an apostle. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I'm going to give you that bathroom experience there, but let's just say that that <laughs> happened. Uh, but I think I would dare say that you've not followed Jesus from his baptism to his ascension. You're not that old, obviously. Right. And and thirdly, you weren't eyewitnesses of his resurrection. Mm-hmm. So in Scripture, it's not hey, best one out of three. You know, if you get one right. out of three, you're okay. Mm-hmm. These were the three criteria that these apostles had to meet, and there was reason for that. One is for credibility, mm-hmm. right? Because they're taking the gospel, right? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and, the, and to the ends of the of the, of the world. But also for the, the authority that was that was given to them by Christ yeah. that we see in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, now, someone asked about Paul. Right? Is that what you're going to ask about? Yeah, I was going to ask about what do you about the you know I know a lot of times they make the argument about Paul. Right. Um, so how do you you know how do we reconcile that about Paul? Like how is Paul considered yeah. an apostle? It's a great question. So you know when you think about it, you look in, in the book of Acts again. Where Paul, who was Saul before he became Paul, mm-hmm. um, he persecuted believers. Um, he was on uh, the road to Damascus, 
Um, and really, he was looking to persecute Christians, maybe even take them out. I mean, you know, Stephen died at his feet, and he watched as Stephen was stoned because of uh, Stephen's witness for Christ. Um, but on the road to Damascus, Christ appeared to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a this was not just a figment of his imagination, mm-hmm. um, or 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 any anything else. This was him literally meeting with, encountering the living, Christ, the risen Christ. Mm-hmm. And Jesus appointed him to go and be a, an, an apostle, to be one who would preach mm-hmm. the gospel to to the Gentiles. Ultimately, that would be the, the ones whom he would speak to. He tried to speak to the Jewish people. They ran him off. Mm-hmm. He said, I'll go to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Um, so after he had that encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, he was sent to Ananias. Mm-hmm. And it was there that it was affirmed and confirmed that, yes, he was appointed. Then, then Paul spent about three years in the wilderness being taught by the Spirit of God. Yeah. And then after that, he came to the apostles. And you have Peter and, and John specifically um, that, uh, I mean, Peter and uh, James, I believe, was specifically that that affirmed his apostleship, mm-hmm. right? So so the apostles who had the authority of Christ, yeah. right, and the credibility mm-hmm. said of Paul, we believe mm-hmm. that you are an apostle, mm-hmm. okay? And so, so it wasn't like Paul said, Hey guys, I went on uh, I went on uh, apostles.com and I downloaded a certificate and I'm now an apostle. Mm-hmm. Um, the apostles themselves affirmed this, mm-hmm. and so it wasn't like he created this title for himself in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. This was he was he witnessed the risen Christ on the road to Damascus. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's witnessed the resurrected Christ. Mm-hmm. He was appointed by Christ and he was affirmed by the apostles whom Jesus had appointed. Mm-hmm. So you don't see that today. You don't, you don't see that today. And those who would not Paul's apostleship mm-hmm. is nothing new. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Paul was defending his apostleship mm-hmm. in the New Testament when, in his letters. Yeah. And I would say that if there are those who are trying to to knock Paul and his apostleship, mm-hmm. they're really standing on the wrong side here. I mean, I would stand with Paul in the scriptures than yeah. I would with anything else. And so that's where Paul would would, mm-hmm. would fall in that being mm-hmm. being an apostle. Yeah. So So those who call themselves apostles... And prophets today, even um, it just doesn't line up with scripture and the criteria um, um, that we see. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's really good. Um, yeah. And this is uh, that was a, a very good point. I want to validate that already. But uh, just a quick note about uh, apostles.com. Not that that exists. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I don't is, know. But... <laughs> and maybe so. If you're listening, that's your website. I'm so yeah. sorry. <laughs> Um, but I, I was listening to an ex-apostle that uh, the Lord saved out of that uh, movement, and uh, he walked through how um, how he and his wife were appointed as apostles. Um, and if you wouldn't guess it, it was through a course that you paid lots of money mm-hmm. for, and it was you will unlock your gifts, you will unlock your... Um, Uh, like your mission, your assignment, like after you finish this course. And so that's a, that's a, uh, I guess, caution I want to give as well, because, um, and this is, you know, some of this is, is a blanket, you know, this is not everybody who, not everybody falls under this uh, umbrella. However, um, this is just one of the facets of it is, you know, there are these people who are, Profiting, uh, no pun intended, 
profit, but um, like profit, P-R-O-F-I-T, who are profiting off of this, uh, you know, claiming yeah. of the secret knowledge or claiming of this like unlock your gifts kind of thing. Um, and, and this guy that I was listening to, you know, he said that they paid quite a bit of money um, just to be told, you know, to, to be um, ordained as a, an apostle and then be told what their mission was, but still left in just the state of confusion, which I think is another good point to point back to scripture is that God is not a God of confusion. Mm-hmm. And if they were confused after all these teachings, like, you know, God is not confusing. And so, um, anyway, I just, that was just like a, a side note of, you know, something to add. Yeah. And I, and I would say with that, you know, again, go back to scripture. It gives us, um, guardrails. Like when we, when we talk about the things like this of, of, whom God calls and how he, how he goes about that. And, and even, you know, I I think about, you were talking about the money that they had to pay. You know, there's oftentimes it's associated with the, with the new apostolic reformation is this health, wealth, and prosperity gospel, right? Where, where I I heard, I heard uh, Bill Johnson say one time in, in a video I was watching that it's God's will to always heal. And, and, and now here's what I would say to that. For believers in Christ, I would say absolutely true, but listen to what I'm saying, is that sometimes God chooses to heal a person here on earth, mm-hmm. but for us as believers, if God chooses not to by his sovereign will, mm-hmm. and we when we leave this earth, when we die, that is our ultimate healing. Right. So I would qualify that statement to say, in that sense, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say it's true that we experience ultimate healing as believers when we right. leave this earth and we mm-hmm. see Jesus face to face. But the reality is, is that God does not always heal physical right. infirmities. We see it with Paul, who said that he prayed three times that the thorn in the flesh would be removed. And some people have said that that was his eyesight, that was his thorn in the flesh because of the road to Damascus. He had yeah, scales over yeah, in his right. eyes, right? And mm-hmm. said that, it fell, that when he went to Ananias, it's like scales fell from his eyes. Um, some say that it was it was his eyesight because he also said in one of his letters that see with what large letters I'm writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't know if he was referring to his physical eyesight, if he was referring to somebody who was a member at one of the churches he planted, which we know those <laughs> you know that can happen. People can be thorns in our flesh, so to speak. If you know a messenger of Satan to buffet him, so mm-hmm. whatever that is. So we know that when we look at scripture. God doesn't always heal physically, right. you know, but I do believe God does heal physically yeah. if he chooses to. Mm-hmm. I'm an example of that. I mean, I just, mm-hmm. I spent six days in the hospital, mm-hmm. had COVID, but then it turned to double pneumonia. You know this mm-hmm. very well, Chris, that mm-hmm. had ba- bac- uh, bacterial pneumonia, viral pneumonia, and the doctor said I had a 50-50 chance of living. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't realize I was that bad off. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and through the prayers of people, not from people coming laying hands on me right. or imparting something to me, but through the prayers of God's people, mm-hmm. I believe God chose in his sovereignty, mm-hmm. I don't get it, but mm-hmm. I trust him mm-hmm. to say, I'm not done with you, Sean. Yeah. And so I believe God does heal. Mm-hmm. But ultimately for us as believers, we rest in the fact that he yes. heals ultimately when we see him face to face. So I think we measure this against scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we look at uh, like this health, wealth, prosperity. So that's the mm-hmm. health part of it. But also have heard many people within this movement say that God that that God wants to bless you, and it's oftentimes as it relates to financial prosperity, mm-hmm. and we just don't see that in we just don't see that in, right. in Scripture. Yeah. Well, right. the Messiah so, had nowhere to lay his head. Exactly. Um, yeah. And you know, if Jesus, <laughs> I mean, that doesn't mean that we all have to be homeless. Exactly. But right. it's you know, even the Son of Man. I mean, the, the even even Jesus did not have a place to lay his head. I mean, Jesus wasn't rolling in the dough, and he was God in the flesh. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, and I think that that's where we have to be really careful because you hear this common phrase again: sowing your seed, right, yeah. is often financially, and mm-hmm. and and that is so taken out of context mm-hmm. of what God's word is speaking about. Yeah. And God um, it, always does things to glorify himself. Yeah. Like, it's not just so we have an easier life or it's not yeah. just so, you know, oh, like God wants to bless you because he, you know, loves you so much. Yes, that's true. Like God gives his children good gifts. Yeah. Uh, the good gift is that we get to take our next breath. Like, yeah, absolutely. And to remember that God owes us nothing. Like yeah. one of my best friends always says this, and this is something that just really sticks with me. We always tell each other is God owes us nothing. Like God doesn't even owe me my next breath that I take. And the fact that I, I even just get to breathe here right now is a gift from God. And that is his blessing like yeah. already. And that God owes us nothing. He doesn't owe me riches. He doesn't owe me anything, but he does choose, um, you know, he does choose to bless his yeah, people, absolutely. but it looks, and di- it looks different. It's not wealth. Yeah, it's always. not always, not always financial. Yes. And, and if he does, it's, if he does, it's not for our own purposes. Right. It's for us to be a conduit. Mm-hmm. It's to, for us to be used by him to bless others as well. Yes. So, so I think that's a great point that you that you make, Chris. And, and you know, I, I just think there's so many things. You know, like, like we talk about financial hardship or difficulty. Oftentimes, there are these common words used, like you know, well, well, this is your season of breakthrough. Like God's going to just like abundantly bless you with finances, and if God chooses to do it, that's great. Or God's going to help you. This this time of, of struggle and difficulties is is going to be over with. But it may be very well be that God uses these things to to refine you and to sanctify you, making you more like Jesus. Because oftentimes God uses suffering um, in order for us to learn obedience to Him. Um, we see that in Scripture as well. So. When we talk about your season of breakthrough, there's already been a breakthrough. Jesus Christ came into this world, and and He is the breakthrough, and so we 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 trust in Him. We're not just looking for an experience to be our breakthrough, or some or financial gain to be our breakthrough. Christ is our it, Christ is our breakthrough. And and another thing too is we hear the the word like you know, stepping into your destiny. Well, mm-hmm. Christ has already secured our destiny as right. believers in Christ. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to step into anything because he's already secured, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We don't have to pray for the Holy Spirit to activate. He's already actively at work. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you're living in sin, then you're hindering, you're quenching the Spirit. Right. But he is going to be actively working. He's yes. actively at work mm-hmm. convicting you of sin as a believer yeah. in Christ. Mm-hmm. So these words that we hear oftentimes, you know, and even decree and declare it, mm-hmm. we can't decree and declare anything because we're not God. Right. God, God yeah. decrees that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. The only declaring we do is we declare what God has already revealed in his word, mm-hmm. right? We, 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 de- we declare mm-hmm. and speak with truth, speak mm-hmm. the truth of God's word. We mm-hmm. proclaim it, but we can't decree anything. I can't right. de- decree sickness to come out of you. Right. I have, I, right. I don't have that right. ability. Only Christ yeah. can bring healing physically. Absolutely. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't decree a demon to come out of somebody who's demon possessed. Mm-hmm. Only Christ and His authority can yeah. do that. Yes. Um, I can pray against the enemy, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. the reality is, is that, is that there's nothing I can decree or. Or declare, and so I think we have to. Here's what I would say: the bottom line is, according to Scripture, there are no new apostles and no new prophets. Mm-hmm. And I could go off on the whole prophet thing mm-hmm. because I'll give you a quick example. Please do. Yeah, and I'm not going to get political here, but it's about it's about the political season of 2020. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm not going to get into all of that. That's a coffee shop conversation if you want to have that right. mm-hmm. um, and get really frustrated or whatever. Um, so. <laughs> 
but in the 2020 election, there were people who professed to be prophets that were going on YouTube mm-hmm. and other places saying, we were prophesying that Trump's going to be president, yeah. that, that all, and, and then and other things were going to happen as well. Right. And then like all of a sudden, it didn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, look, we're not going to talk about mm-hmm. was the election, you know, was yes. there something tampered with, whatever. Right. That's for another conversation again in a coffee shop or mm-hmm. whatever else. Mm-hmm. But but here's the here's the here's the issue. Those who made these quote unquote prophecies mm-hmm. that did not come true. The, the reality is in the Old Testament, if a prophet's prophecy didn't come true, they got the death penalty. Yeah. They were killed. Mm-hmm. I doubt that these prophets would would be willing to hold up right. to that and be able to say, Yeah, I'm willing to be be put to death if this doesn't come true. Right. It would cause people who profess to be prophets to be a lot more cautious sure. about speaking on behalf of God mm-hmm. uh, when God hasn't spoken to them in that way. And so the point being is this, is that apostles and prophets, there is no apostle and prophet today because God has revealed everything that, he, that we need to know in his word. Mm-hmm. Everything that he's prophesied is in his word. And mm-hmm. so what we do is we have the gift of prophecy, if you do, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to declare or forth tell, mm-hmm. tell forth, speak forth what God has already revealed in his word. Yeah. So another way to say that is that the apostolic authority for us today is the word of God. Mm-hmm. Hebrews chapter one says that, right? So he says long ago and at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Mm-hmm. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom he also created the world. So what, what God's words tell, tells us is this, is that is that God reveals to us His will and His word through His Son Jesus, and we know that in the Gospel of John chapter one it says, "In the beginning was the Word; the Word was with God; the Word was God." Mm-hmm. And we know that it's referring to Jesus because verse fourteen of chapter one in John says, "And the Word became flesh yeah. and dwelt among us." And so there was a point in time mm-hmm. for apostles and prophets that was the foundation, but now we have His Word. He's revealed it to us by way of His Spirit who dwells in us as believers. Mm-hmm. And there is no new revelation. Right. There's no new apostles, no new prophets, mm-hmm. um, because there's only one foundation laid. Mm-hmm. You don't keep laying foundations. You know, None of you have a house that has four foundations, right? right? right. Um, and Christ is the chief cornerstone of that one true foundation. Mm-hmm. So I, I would just say in, in summary, I mean, there may be some things you want to talk about more, but I would just say in summary for me is that Regardless of, whether, regardless of what church you go to or the podcast you're listening to or whatever, including this one, take what you hear and go back and measure it against God's word. Mm-hmm. If you see something happening or you're hearing tongues being done done in a church, mm-hmm. go back and see if 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 what you see in Scripture if if that matches up. Because mm-hmm. Paul makes it very clear there's an orderly way to do that. Right. There's tongues that are spoken and there's interpretation, interpreter, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So. So go back to scripture and look at that. And if and if it doesn't match up, you you need to ask questions of the leadership, mm-hmm. or maybe that God wants to move you to a church mm-hmm. where they really do hold to the truth of scripture. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's really that's yes. I I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head. And um, it's I think I think why this movement is. Um, so appealing, I guess I could say appealing, um, is, or, um, you know, it sweeps so many up in it is, you know, one, it just is emotions. And a lot of times it's easy to just let, you know, emotions and what we feel, um, lead. And we have to remember that our relationship with the Lord is not, we're not always going to feel like, um, 
you know, miraculous. Like we're not like there are days that we're going to be at home. You know, like if you're a stay at home mom and you're listening to this, you're at home and you're thinking, I don't, I'm not seeing any signs and wonders at all today. I've changed 72 diapers and every kid is crying on my leg and there's nothing that feels miraculous about that. But the Holy Spirit is still with you and walking with you. And the Holy Spirit is still as very real, um, in those moments. And, and, and we have to remember that like our relationship with God is walking through every day of our life and letting him lead us and asking the Holy Spirit, God, just show just help me hold my tongue or, you know, that's me, a wonder in and of itself. Yeah, so there you go. Not, you know, yeah. lose my marbles right now <laughs> or, and, and just remembering that he, he walks with us and it's not these fallout on the floor, you know, crazy experiences. Um, and now he does do he does mm-hmm. do miracles. He does. But we have to remember that the the bulk of our faith is just walking every day and submitting to him and knowing that he's going to lead us in his truth and wisdom yeah. um, in the word and, 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 and help us, uh, help us look more like Christ in the day to day. You know, mm-hmm. like um, if I get up on a stage, it's, it's a lot easier to look like I've got my life together and I'm like walking so hard with the Lord and you know, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. But it's a lot harder in the home, you know, in the four walls. Um, And that's, you know, the Holy Spirit is working on our hearts when we ask him to and when we submit. So um, anyway, I just wanted to to say that. And and I think it's so appealing, too, is because, you know, this this movement, it's almost like gives... humans more uh power than we actually have mm-hmm. uh and more uh credit i guess if you could say like it tries to put more credit in man's court whether people would say that or not is like you know oh i command this demon to come out of you or i mm-hmm. command you to be healed or i you know i'm speaking this destiny over you or I'm speaking this breakthrough over you or whatever yeah imparting um, this to you yes yeah. is is it give it almost gives us this false sense of power that doesn't belong to us that mm-hmm. that we don't have mm-hmm. um and and you know we have to now i have a more reformed theology and so that c- comes through i think in this as well but it, and so i tend to gravitate towards we're all terrible and we all are the worst and the lord is the only one who's great yeah. um so coming from that but is is that it is god's work it is it is Christ's work in us. It is mm-hmm. his glory and his power and his working that accomplishes things. Now, and what we do is we are obedient. We are obedient to him and we submit to him and we um, are in his word and we know what his word says. Um, and so, um, anyway, I think that's just, uh, those are some reasons why this seems so appealing. But just to remember that the glory belongs to God, the power belongs to God. All of this is for God. It's not for our lives to be easier for us to, you know, be blessed in prosperity and have no mountains in front of us and throwing mountains into the sea. And, you know, it's anyway. Yeah. And I think another question, too, is what what happens when the excitement wears off? Uh I mean, where where, where does that leave you? Mm -hmm. Whereas if you just if you if you're grounded in the word of God, that's the unchanging word of God, um, you're always going to be on solid ground. It's a solid foundation. And so, you know, things like this with emotions and excitement, that's easy. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. But 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 reading God's word and asking questions and letting scripture interpret scripture and be the commentary on itself on, on scripture mm-hmm. and, and just asking God to do the work in you 
It is. It's work. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Spirit of God, I love what it says because people often take this verse out of context when, he, when Jesus said in Acts, but you will receive power when my Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. The power that he was given was the power of the Spirit of God to be witnesses, mm-hmm. which by the way comes from the Greek word martyr, mm-hmm. which means you mm-hmm. being willing to die for your faith, right. right? That you would hold to this faith and this belief so much you'd be willing to die for it. So the power to be able to do that, but also the fact that the Spirit of God is in you, that he is... He is transforming you. Then mm-hmm. he's conforming you to the image of God. That's the power of the Holy Spirit at work in you and through you and the power that he gives you to be able to not give in to sin when you're tempted. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, so so oftentimes we take that power and we misconstrue it. Yeah. And, and in other verses, um, and, and when it says, when Jesus was saying that you'll do even greater works than, than, mm-hmm. than me. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to realize he's talking about when the Spirit of God would come. Right. The Spirit of God would be dwelling in us individually right. as believers, and we'd be able to do much, much more that even Jesus right. could do in His own, mm-hmm. in His in, in His divinity and in His humanity, right. because it was He was just one, right. right? So, so I think those verses often get twisted within sure. this movement, and we have to be have to be very careful with that. And we have a lot of you know some people have family members and mm-hmm. friends that yeah. that are really kind of have this belief system, and mm-hmm. and sometimes we wonder. Man, do they think I'm a lesser Christian? And yeah. or how do I talk to friends or family family members like this? Mm-hmm. I, I would I would just say don't come from a uh, a super Christian perspective, so to speak, sure. like you've got it all together because none of us do. Right. But but maybe one way you can engage in dialogue with mm-hmm. some of your family members or friends who who are are kind of tied into this this doctrine or this theology is just ask them in a very in a very humble way. Mm-hmm. Hey, that that's interesting. What you're saying. Where where do you see that in scripture? Mm-hmm. Can we just go to the scriptures and look at that together? Where do you yeah. see that in scripture? Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to find Mm-mm. you're not going to find this in scripture without taking scripture out of context right. um, and twisting mm-hmm. it. You're just not going to. Yeah, that's so, good. Yeah. Well, um, thank you so much for joining. I, maybe we'll have to make a series out of this. I don't know because I'm all, in my head. <laughs> I'm thinking about all of the things that we could talk about in depth. Um, and uh, so anyway, just stay up. You can, I'll keep you updated if we ended up doing a series on this. But um, thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can like it. You can share it. You can uh, um, you know, share it with your friends. That would be really great. You can leave a review. That would be helpful. Um, and then uh, catch the next episode as well. I'm so thankful for all of you that listen to this um, humble little podcast. And Dad, why don't you tell them where they can find you as well? Yeah, I have, I have a podcast as well called Crossroads and Culture. It's on all the the podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, and others. But it's Crossroads and with the ampersand, Crossroads and Culture. Um, and then also I have a blog, too, uh, that is seanbernard.wordpress.com that you can go to and check that out. Working on a YouTube channel, so coming soon. We'll do some video uh, with that as well. So, yeah, no, I'd be honored if you go check it out, follow, review it. Yeah. It'd be great. I'll add that in the show notes so you can click those links. But anyway, thank you for listening today and catch you next episode.